Jonathan Tannenbaum was considered an oddly eccentric sort of fellow in everyone's regard but his own. Ever since birth, his nuanced and instinctual sense of aloofness made him a remarkable critic. This gift was revealed following a performance of Thornton Wilder's R-Town at Sister Loquacious's middle school for the wayward and wearily petulant. According to rumor and hearsay, and overheard by the city's resident theater columnist T.P. Salinger, who just so happened to be in attendance at the time, Jonathan's exact critique was as follows. Well, that was shit. Needless to say, he was an assistant editor and frequent contributor to the paper soon afterwards. Although he was often short on words and heavy on pensive external size, when he chose to speak, he discovered the world listened. Mark Jr. Tannenbaum was the actor of the family who wanted nothing more than to bring joy and happiness to his peers. Unfortunately, he always had the unlucky tendency to be cast in roles that were centered on destroying those very pursuits, Iago and Othello. Don John and Much Ado About Nothing, and Clown Number 3 in the underplayed cult classic Twelve Angry Clowns. Fed up from the longing to break out against typecasting, he attempted to take his career in a different, more uplifting direction by discarding his wardrobe of black turtlenecks and beret after jumping at the chance to star in Jared and the wonderful multifaceted Reverie Shaw when offered. Producers and preview audiences were supposedly brought unanimously to awestruck tears. On opening night, Jonathan was asked to review the show, which just so happened to have his brother in it. He intended, by all means, to give the show a favorable review, but a nagging hangover from the night before and the barrage of splendid colors mixed together and forced his hand. When Mark and the company read the reviews a few hours later, only one word stood out. Saccharin. The show closed before the week was out. Dinner, drinks, and attempt at a civilized conversation was proposed to settle the matter. A few unintentional insults and a broken nose later, the two went separate ways. Mark took a hiatus from acting, choosing instead to focus on creating and selling balloon animal sculptures to varied degrees of success. Jonathan was last seen walking through Central Park in a mismatched suit, broken nose and furrowed brow pressed into a copy of the Brothers Karamozov. The two didn't talk for years. The Royal Tannenbaums is on the marquee tonight, and it's a family affair. Let's shag ass. Best oh, girl. true. This is true. Makoto, best girl. Wa waifu. Yeah. Makoto, best girl. I was going to go Makoto, but I was afraid I was going to like uh, oh, max oh. her out at first. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's on. It's on. I hate the way I they, love I love on. The way they fucking pronounce her name drives me bananas. Also, they never, it's Anne. Is she supposed to be American because she's a transfer <laughs> yeah. student, even though her she's, last name is she's Japanese? She's half Japanese, half American to be super exotic about it. I know something's up with um <laughs> something's happening in something's that something's up with that cat with <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what's happening with uh, that kitty cat? What a twist. Exactly. <laughs> M Night Shyamalan. I've been wanting to play that near that near. Oh near Automata? Look, look good. I, really I mean I got me my bayonetta on the switch, so I go I'm not playing that. <laughs> you know I'm a Nintendo fan. You always, I know, get, you I, always gave me flack I'm, for it. I'm, I'm, I know. I got a PS4 I, and a Switch. I, don't I, worry, and baby. Since, ever, and ever since the, the Switch got so much praise, I'm like, mm. I think I need a Switch. Mm. 
And I haven't touched. Well, them. look who comes crawling back. I know. Huh? Zelda. Zelda was the hook. Zelda is amazing. Mario is amazing. Rabbids is amazing too. Oh yeah. Did, did you play that? I've seen it played. I wouldn't. It's fun. I wouldn't go into the store. I'll, and be like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll let you borrow. Oh, wait, no, I can't. It's digital. <laughs> I got it for sale. Just throw your switch out the window, <laughs> and I'll catch it. This could be a whole new podcast. We could start. We could start a video our, game our podcast video. tonight. I, just just make it topical, yeah. and then just proceed from there with the antics. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I was I got Night in the Woods. I was yep. really excited about getting it. Yeah, and the more I didn't play a lot of it, I played like maybe just a solid hour, uh-huh. and I kept getting so depressed. Yeah, it's the most depressing. It's so fucking Did depressed. you get to the knife fights yet? No, oh. I, I I I got up until like the your. The, it's so the, real. To like your your gay bear friend yeah. that fixes your laptop, and mm-hmm. as soon as like you got to play that mini game, that's all I was playing. Like, come yep. on, I need to play. I need to beat all ten levels, and then I was like, fuck. Oh, no. I got to I got to like the seventh level. And I was just like, it's uh, too real. It it's is too it fucking is. real. <laughs> but Psychonauts is getting a remaster supposedly with well, uh, Psychonauts I, Two. I got that for a song actually on uh, PlayStation. It's a great game. Tim I, I've never I never played it. It's so funny because I know like there's supposed to be a, a, a second one coming out, yeah. right? But yeah. they but they put out that VR one. That's only like that's maybe not, two hours it's long. It's like a teaser, but it's Tim Schafer. He might just take the money and run like he always does. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm Tim Schafer, you paid me on Kickstarter. <laughs> Suckers. I, I was a little let down when I played, um, what was that? What was the Kickstarter game? Uh, out of all oh, Broken Age. Broken Age. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, like, I like part one, but once part two came out, like two years later, it felt like. I thought it was cute with Mog Chathra and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> oh my god. So, well, this is the video game podcast. Otherwise, yeah. welcome to another exciting episode of Nightcaps at the Theater, ladies are, and gentlemen. Are we recording? Well, no, I'm not going to say. A gentleman <laughs> never tells. But I've been recording you for the last five minutes, Mark. Oh, there we go. Uh, yes, you might recognize, audience, that is not the smooth tones of Matthew Cabrera. This is a new person. This is one of my... Uh, confidants from college, uh, from my torrid past. It is none other than Mark Zebro. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm here. Yes, you are. Oh, I, how did you refer me? Uh, what, what was my name? Mark Zebro. Uh, uh, you forgot something there. Oh, Junior. Yeah, thank you. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I didn't know if I was supposed just, to say that. Just so the listeners know. Out like there. Sammy Davis. Do I call him Sammy? Do I call him Sammy Davis? Or, well, or do I call him Sammy I Davis mean, Junior? Like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, There's well, him. Yeah. But uh, let me just uh, fun fact: if you end up googling my name for no apparent reason. Uh, just Mark Zebro without the suffix. Oh. Uh, you'll will find another Mark Zebro uh, who, for me, I, I I'm an aspiring actor. Mm. This also this man is also an actor, but not in the field that you would think. Oh no! If you is wanna, it a, if you want to do is a it quick something Google... we can't watch on Nightcaps at the theater? Hey, if we change the format. <laughs> well, we watched Love Witch last week, so. <laughs> I, you know, I saw a trailer for that. I didn't see the, mm-hmm. the movie just to Yeah, go. no. Because uh, I'm an avid I don't expect I'm, you to. I'm an, I'm an avid listener. Yeah. I'm not captured to the theater. Our one the avid listener's present. <laughs> I'm so happy. But um, My ego is bolstered. I saw the trailer and I was trying to like add up everything that you guys were talking about. Yeah. I'm just like, mm, I, I'm not sure about this one. It's Lana Del Rey, the I, movie. Yeah. With scantily clad women. I don't know. Do remember? Del Rey. Oh, it's okay. I don't listen to her. I listen to good music. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Ooh, Lana will be pissed when she listens to this tonight. Oh no. <laughs> friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Lana Del Rey, right next to uh, Emma Stone, our best friend of the podcast. <laughs> she can't fucking read. <laughs> now the fact that we're recording right now, that uh, unbeknownst to me, yeah. does that mean Matt is now M A M I? Well, I don't know. We're uh, Matt isn't here presently. He might show up later on through the power of podcasting magic we might uh, just edit 
like you know when we get to the next segment he might be here he might not if not thank you for sticking around with mark mark is equally fun a uh, little trivia for our two listeners out there <gasps> mark was originally my choice for my co-host and uh he's totally open to come back anytime he wants um, three is a magic number uh, <laughs> listen i i found it right out of nowhere once uh john put up the first uh, i guess zero episode in yeah. episode one uh and i don't know i'm a, I've, i'm an avid listener of I'm, all things podcast so am i this is why we're soulmates you know and uh there, there's a fun one that's kind of related to this one mm-hmm. that's like you know like yeah. that that just uh, are movie fanatics uh, we hate sin- movies the, the, oh no, uh, that one i have to listen to oh but i the love sin- we hate the, movies. the sins cast oh yeah yeah awesome yeah. uh from the you know cinema sins mm-hmm. you know every uh, everything wrong with spider-man yeah or whatever, they're hilarious too yeah, it's great. I mean, for for something new that uh, to to be putting together for something like yourself, I, you do a very good job at it. Oh, you're very sweet. You're and making it, me wish that I didn't kill Matt and stuff his body in the closet, and you know, oh just switch to a new host. Oh, I thought there because he displeased me. I thought there was blood coming out underneath there. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that's blood. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I'm not doing it for listeners. We're just doing it because we love movies and we love to talk the shit and we love to drink a little drink too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a few uh, questions to ask you since you know you might show up again. <laughs> On the, the spot. On the spot. Totally unprepared. I'm uh, just going to wing them at you. They're all uh, based around, you know, yourself. So how did we meet, Mark? Where did we... We met at the... Uh... I don't remember the specifics, but I got a few funny tales for y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! So, so do I. We met at the prestigious uh, college of um, Kane, <laughs> Kane University. Ivy League. O- only... Smoke that Ivy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we meet in the middle, and then what we get... Magic, magic, and people who can't read in the in the twelfth grade. Well, you also, you know, the, I remember the first time that uh, you spoke to me. It wasn't really in conversation. It's just I was reading uh, for a Shakespeare survey class, oh. and uh, we were about to. Um, uh, John and I uh, first did a show together there, uh, my first semester, mm. and uh, it, John just passes me by while I have this, this thick book of Shakespeare I'm reading and he goes are you reading over there you know you're not supposed to be doing that around here oh my god I don't even remember doing that but that does sound like me in those days it's it's very much still like you oh my god there were there were times at Kane where I would make fun of people like in the classroom and they would be walking down the same fucking staircase as me I'd be like are you making fun of me be like yeah I'm fucking making fun of you what are you gonna do about it punk and like take out my earrings strip off my jacket and be like let's go right now come on so this this is one of the reasons i love john is just john has just been one of those rare people that just has me in hysterics almost oh, all the time i'm gonna cry i mean I, I i was so shocked at myself when the first time i actually made john laugh mm. and it was during like a photo shoot that we had for uh, for uh for Macbeth. And, oh yeah that was the, that wasn't the first time it you was, made me laugh it was it was and and, and that was it <laughs> there was no other time after that oh my god that photo shoot was a a, a fucking drug haze <laughs> Oh, I don't even... It took like 10 hours for no but that's, fucking reason. But that's everyone. Well, what I remember... How I remember meeting Mark... And this isn't totally how we met because it's after this moment. But this is the story that sticks out for me. So, we used to have a teacher by the name of Nadine Charleston. Who is a, a lovely woman. I she's uh, old, but, you know, she's still kicking it. She's one a, of the sharpest people we know. She's what they call... Uh, like an artist a true I was gonna artist. say spry yeah but okay yeah well she was like you know she's seen some shit and she lived it all and now she's out in one of the Carolinas she spoke her mind too yeah she didn't hold her in back thus this story so I'm working on the light board for a show and Mark is working backstage at the show and we're in this huge we're in Wilkins so it's a huge it's, I know you're done I know because it's my favorite story to tell about you so I'm sitting next to old Nadine and me and her you know we got along being that she didn't like
like curse me out to my fucking face. So thank goodness. I'm typing along at the light board, and all of a sudden I hear someone laughing, going, oh, ah, 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 backstage. And Nadine turns to me and goes, who the fuck is that laughing <laughs> verbatim? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. But in my head, I'm like, Mark, <laughs> better not tell Mark. And she's like, "Will you shut the fuck up back there?" <laughs> Straight out of scary movie. Oh. oh, did you enjoy your time there? I I thoroughly did. You yeah, know? like I, I've had a good I, time. I, I was a transfer student from uh, Union UCC. County. Yeah, I know you can't spell success without it. <laughs> you can't spell slaughter without laughter either. Oh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, no, like uh, like I. Uh, I, there's no theater program over there. No. Uh, like like I just said from the beginning on, you know, like I, I love acting. It's it's a passion of mine, it you is, know. Yeah. And uh, once I got the cane, you know, like it was it was an eye opener because mm-hmm. uh, UCC didn't doesn't really have anything over there mm-hmm. to be uh, to begin with in terms of acting uh, mostly. But uh, I wasn't I was I was not doing shows for like maybe two years and yeah. finding cane and like being part of that department. Uh, it was just like. It was almost like drama, drama club in the in the, in the sense in high school, yeah, and, and you know like because you're a family, and I always appreciated that yeah. because you know like even growing up, hey, we're, we're dwelling into a more personal topic, oh. but like you know like I didn't have any friends, I didn't have many friends, oh. but in turn, once I found like theater and like all those passionate groups of people and how much they loved this and how accepting they were of like mm-hmm. just anybody, I was just overthrown over the moon, and I loved it and. Finding Kane after that, doing uh, Macbeth, my first show over there at Kane with with John. Make be. I there's many a time where I broke down in tears just because of how happy oh. it was. Oh, and, and I broke down in tears because of how much I hated everyone else but Mark <laughs> and the cast because they wouldn't clean the goddamn dressing room and I had to clean it every fucking night. And <laughs> and you know I I, uh, I I still go back over there. You know, yeah, like yeah. I I went be there. Right there. I, I went there last yeah. week to go see uh, Pippin. Pippin. I didn't get to see directed it. by a one Ernest Ernest oh, Wiggins. I wanted to see it, but you know I'm not, I'm on I'm a budget. You, really. It was great. It, it, it was so unexpected. Oh, I mean, you know it. how Ernest like, yeah. makes does his shows. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know how that Ernest. You would you would not think this was an Ernest show. I want you to do something subtle with your vagina. <laughs> yep, that sounds like Ernest. <laughs> And that's always that, keep you guessing. I just pull strength from everybody actor, yeah. techie, director, mm-hmm. anybody. Oh. And I love it. I take it in. It all works, it all uh, culminates yeah. into something so special. Yeah, I agree. A consummate actor through and through. Mark. Mm-hmm. What are you doing currently? Are you in anything? Are you anything to plug? I am. Uh, I guess I could plug this. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a show over in uh, uh, Holmdale. Uh, it's near Middletown. Uh, this is all Jersey. Jersey talk <laughs> for all you listeners out there. Find us. Stalk and, us. Uh, and uh, us. Uh, the Duncan Smith Theater. It's Ooh. a small. It's a small like black uh, black box theater right outside of the. Um, I guess the high school, mm-hmm. and they've done they've they done a number of shows over there. They get some some praise, and uh, I'm doing a much do about nothing, <gasps> oh. and uh, I'm Baraccio. Oh, my favorite Shakespeare! I know, and I know oh. you guys were talking about it uh, uh, last podcast yeah, too. Just I, I have to culture reference. Matt when he's here. He don't even know what primary colors is. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I'm just gonna backstab him when he's not here. But congrats, awesome! Mm, Gotta you. love that Shakespeare. You know, a lot of people go into Shakespeare and they're like. I don't know how the fuck you do it. And as Ernest says, the words will carry you, darling. The words will carry you through. Shakespeare just seems to stick with me now. I yeah. mean, I've, o- I've always been about, like, I want to say, I guess musical theater. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 there's only there, there so was, many Babodios you can go to. <laughs> I mean, for, for for a character of my type, I I, I know I, I know what kind of type I am. I'm a, I'm a little bit husky, tall, mm. 
uh, now with a bald head and a, and a full beard. Yeah. You know, you guys can paint the beautiful picture yeah. of me. But, uh, you know, like, I, I fit the most uh, uh, Shakespeare roles. Mm-hmm. You do. And, and, uh, and it just seems to work. And I, But I don't live it myself. You know, mm-hmm. I, I audition for everything. And any any actors out there, too, should uh, live by that rule that yeah. they, they should not limit, limit themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like, find anything, you know, like... Sure, there could be something out there that could be uh, uh, that could be your niche in terms of a uh, you know a, you know a something you, yeah something that you could like feel comfortable thinking that you could get instead of something like you get surprised like oh yeah. it could be this too mm-hmm. yeah I love that but that's why I'm into podcasting now <laughs> <laughs> I get paid the big bucks here yeah so you're you're just creator let's move away from a uh, theater hmm. and get to uh, movies movies the topic, movies what let's are those? all go to the lobby. lobby I think that's copyrighted <laughs> otherwise it, it would have been our intro isn't that like 1960 something <laughs> happy birthday just got uncopyrighted and it was only a couple years ago what yeah yeah uh, okay it then. just got into the public domain every time we were singing that we were owing uh daddy warbucks a dollar or whatever <laughs> yeah. was that marilyn monroe <laughs> yeah every time we buy a vowel that money goes to vanna white mark <laughs> um so mark do you have any favorite movies i watch about pretty much everything, everything. Uh, I, I don't i comedy is used to always like stick with me somehow like growing up especially like just dumb movies space like balls spa- oh i love space I, balls. I can tell i know you boo uh I, I i love like dumb stuff yeah. like you know like like ace ventura yeah you were one of the few people that came that got my clue reference and those people couldn't even tie their shoes it's a sad sad place i'm also gonna be honest i haven't seen clue in like years. i know and well, it's, it's, it's surprising that i was able to get <laughs> most uh, references that well it's on the list but like the, yeah when you bring up our references, you know, it's like <laughs> I'm one of the few people out there that like just will just quote something, yeah, and no to will, somebody, and to, no one will get, and, and it'll just go over people's heads. I'm the same it's way. Like, Excuse me. And they'll just and they'll, they'll <laughs> what give, the fuck did you say? And they'll give you give you like a pity laugh, like mm-hmm, no, okay. <laughs> oh, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, you know, there's so rarities of people out there that oh I know God. that just watch as much shit as I do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm grateful about that. I just watched a uh, train to pursuit. Uh, bassoon. I've heard of it. I haven't seen. It's okay. It's you know. Is that the zombie one? It's like if you mix uh, World War Z mm. with Snowpiercer. Yeah, That's I like Snowpiercer. I wasn't a fan. I don't well, they know. were eating bugs in that movie. I know. They what, were going, I know what baby tastes <laughs> like. <Yeah. laughs> and Octavia Spencer was there, and I was yeah. just like, "Girl, I had two pieces. I will say, two whole pieces." I love Tilda Swinton. and, yeah. and she she is awesome. She, in that. She's, she's awesome. awesome in everything. Every time they put her in strange makeup, it's she, the funniest. She's thing a in the world. chameleon. Yeah. I swear to God, yeah. this, her and um. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, it's me! <laughs> pulls, off, pulls off a mask. I've been Tilda Swinton this whole time. Pip, pip, cherry. Is she British? I don't know. No, she's um Welsh. Well, she could get, she could be anything and I wouldn't know. <laughs> so any favorites? You got any? Any uh, favorites? Well, I mean, like, it's such a, a limiting question, if, you if know? I, if I, I don't know if I it's say so that. It's so rough. But, yeah. like, because, you know, like, we, even, like it, it, when and if I come back, you never know. This could spoil like what oh, I might bring. True, this is true. But uh, I don't know. Like so I mean, nice. I I really like uh, Blazing Saddles. Ooh, Blazing Saddles. Like just 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 yeah. to go into the Mel Brooks. I category. get no kicks from champagne. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where are the white women at? <laughs> I, I'm tired of coming and going, going and, and going and coming and, and always too soon. <laughs> 
Madeline Kahn, R.I.P. That, that movie was ahead of its time, yeah. just in terms of like the subject material that yeah. it was just advocating. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get Mel Brooks to guess next I week. I think so. Yeah. I know, I've got connections. Oh, you do? Yeah. I am an actor. Well, me too. I'll just call him up on speed dial and be like, Melly, come over here. But uh, I will say within, the, I guess, like the last uh, the last couple of years, I've been more fond of like indie, indie independent films. You All know? right. Stuff cool. that, that comes out of Sundance, you know, like, I like I like a lot of the stuff that the, the Duplass brothers do. You know, mm-hmm. like Mark Duplass. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, what was it, Safety Not Guaranteed? Yeah. Or um, yeah. Jeff Who Lives at Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, just l- little things like that. You know, just like, little slice of life. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I like Lady Bird so oh, much. God, I wish I'm... Matt was here. <laughs> Matt would, hold me back, Matt. Hold I... me back in spirit. He uttered the, well, it's okay. You know what? I've been told by the audience I need to take my comeuppance on fucking Ladybird. So let's go, Mark. I, I, Tell me why you love it so. I love it just because of... I just it used to it, it, she resonates a lot of like how i feel like like now and how i used to back we're then. all a ladybird at heart are we though i'm not no <laughs> i'm the one that puts out a cigarette on ladybird and then laughs oh, come on I, I, like she's exploring herself in a way where it's like she doesn't <laughs> she, she, she thinks like you know like doesn't feel at home like she's lived her whole life and she expects more and like at the end of the movie she's like she she's finally out of her home she's in she's in new york but the setting everything just feels off Mm. she's not referring to herself as ladybird anymore (laughs) and you know like it's it's what you come to appreciate appreciate it just about like where you live where you come from and Mm. you don't really know that until you've you've until you missed it essentially until you're away from all of it and there's there's so much more there's yeah. so much more subtext to uh, who she is and what what she's striving for mm-hmm. and I, don't, I just love it i oh. loved it so much you're all entitled to your opinion it's fine i, I want i want to know why you hate it because like i i've, I've I been sitting like here i've, three, seen, I've been listening I, I, to well, your, we should just change first. it to the ladybird podcast yeah, because three. it comes up every episode no matter how hard all i right, stamp fine, it down we can cut no, all no, this. no no we're not gonna cut it i'll <laughs> talk about it I think I've seen 10 billion movies like Lady Bird in my life. And I love Shershi Ronan, whatever mm. her name is. I'm going to mispronounce it till high noon. But I loved her in Brooklyn. She was in that, right? Yeah. Okay. I loved her in Brooklyn. It just... Moon, I feel... Uh, I think that Laurie Metcalf is going to win this year for the Oscar. I think she has it in the bag, if not for... Oh, Alice and Janney. I think it's a very well-acted movie. Mm-hmm. I just... You know, I don't... I've seen it before. I wanted. To, I'm about you know exhibiting, living other people's lives, and I feel like I've done that already. And I want to you know distance myself. I get it. They do merrily we roll along. Wow, Sondheim in a motion picture. Imagine all the people that are gonna get cultured listening to that. To each his own, I yeah. guess. I think we should just change it over to Lady Bird Podcast. We should right. just watch Lady Welcome Bird. Welcome to the Lady Ten, Bird Podcast. Yeah, Ten weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch as I slowly deteriorate in my chair. Yeah, become a Miss Havisham. <laughs> like, I've waited to your 10,000 years. <laughs> Any recent movies other than Lady Bird that stood out to you? Uh, I just saw Black Panther last night. Oh, how was it? I haven't seen it yet. You know, it was a that, fine movie. This is what I've heard. I, mean, I hear I, it's middling. I, I will say, you know, it's... Going into it, I had lower expectations just because you know, like with these movies now, I you know I'm I'm a I, I you're a big comic book person. Too. I am a big comic yeah. book person. You know, like I go to my local shop every Wednesday, stuff like that, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I've always been excited for these movies as they've slowly been coming out. You know, as it led up to the, the you know big Avengers movie that came out what 2012, mm. and from this point on, they just just become so I don't know like repetitive maybe is is the word i mean we get like three or four of these uh that come out a year mm. and at this point i just have oh, 
boy, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, You've got um, you're just tired. You're burning out from it, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's that was me a couple years ago. It, it's almost like um, you know, how Steven Spielberg uh made, said, said it like maybe a couple years ago, where it's like uh, it, they're the new westerns essentially. Yeah. We're always getting one, mm-hmm. like 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 ten like a year. I mean, I'm over exaggerating, but I don't even. I'm not even a big comic book person, but I know like nine times out of ten, I'll be dragged to a comic book movie to watch it with my friends, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, it's a social outing. I haven't been out, you know, time to open the curtains and put on my top hat and see what, what the world looks like again. And it's a superhero movie. I mean, obviously, and now it's all leading up to like this next one that comes out in May. And I just, I don't, I feel like I just don't care nope. now. I just don't care. There's like, too many movies. John, John Brolin wearing dots on his face and looks like a big purple man. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and I, I just, I he looks like a purple Shrek. <laughs> you know, I should be excited. I've, I've grown up with these heroes. You know, Captain America is actually my, my my favorite out of all of them. Just just from reading them over the mm-hmm. years and stuff like that. I like Spider Man. He, he jumping I, around. And I still haven't seen that movie. Homecoming's good. I, well, I, I mean, still haven't. Probably because I like Spider Man. I don't know. I just don't know what it is, and <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Mm. And uh, uh, oh, actually, you know, Black Panther, fine movie. That's it. That's all. So okay, I'll agree. I haven't seen it, but I, that's what I've heard. Yeah, heard it's fine. I heard it's decent. Um, recently, I saw. I completed my uh, Tarantino watching phase, and I saw um, the Hateful Eight. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw that maybe about a month ago. Yeah, a lot of people told me that it was worse than they expected. I actually think it was slightly better than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could have been a little shorter. I think it would make a great stage play mm-hmm. if we edited it a little bit and you know worked it around. I mean, it's only like one one setting. Yeah, it's a mini's a haberdashery where they sell hats, and I I saw like one hat, but one hat in that movie, but it had twists and turns mm-hmm. and ooh shenanigans and guitars getting busted and heads getting busted and balls getting shot uh, yeah. up. bunch of bushwhacking uh, var- vagrants <laughs> yeah, vagrants there. oh but it, it was good um other than that i saw i rewatched ouija origin of evil why no no this is no 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 let me i'm gonna blow your no 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 i'm gonna blow your mind ouija horrible movie yeah god awful ouija origin of evil directed by uh mike flanagan okay Amazing movie, amazing period piece, uh, set in the 1970s. Yeah, very colorful, very wonderful. I, um, it's not scary. Okay. I watch I watch movies for atmosphere, not, for and the, I love Mike Flanagan. Not even for the little girl that gets possessed, yeah, or gets her eyes rolled back in the yeah, head. No, yeah. not all that. Well, there, it's there. Not that scary. It's that, not. It's not scary. I kept watching that clip when they were promoting that movie yeah. on YouTube. That that little like one minute thirty second yeah. ad. And uh, where it's like she's talking like, do you know how it feels to, to drown? Or yeah. Like oh that? yeah. That no, that was hilarious. That's like my new monologue. It's like, do you know how it feels to be strangled? Well, first uh-huh. your lungs are set aflame, and it feels like someone's lighting a match under your skin, and then it gets icy cold with pinpricks in your fingers and toes, and then she's like, bye. Oh. <laughs> uh, you memorized all of that. I watched it today again. I, it's not memorized; it's a generalization, but I thought it was pretty good. And I love Mike Flanagan. And you're talking to someone who reads Stephen King, like uh, when he wakes up in the morning, like on Easter Sunday, like, oh boy, I'm gonna get. Speaking of Stephen King, did it, you see it? I loved it. The newest one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy about it. Mm. Have you read the book? I'm actually reading it right now. I've read it eight times, Mark. You should come to eight me. times. Mm-hmm. You had all that time to read. That, that reading is what fundamental, darling. Like, object to just bash some people. <laughs> yeah. If a burglar ever comes, guess what he gonna get? He gonna get a smack with that book in the head. Uh, oh. I don't know. I, I it's the same I, thing. No, I agree. It's not the book is better, but I think it was a fun ride. It, it's your same thing with uh, with um, Ouija, Ouija oh, origin of evil. Ouija. 
it's uh it's not scary i don't find it horrifying. it's not scary it's more funny it's a coming of age film and uh but the kids it's it's great. it's it's a great ensemble piece for them mm-hmm. and they all they all get a moment to shine so yeah. so you're reading it too wow I'm, yeah I'm, you're just after my own heart tonight i, I can if you like it i, I just can... picked it up and, and it's weird because <laughs> and it's very heavy so and, it took a while and speaking of heavy i have the stand sitting still yeah. sitting on my bookshelf and I another still, great my one. mom keeps Start with the start with ass. the shooter ones. Uh, do a pet Sem- pet cemetery is literally his best one. I read pet cemetery when I was in elementary school. That's great. I, I don't know I how reading, that happened. I was reading Stephen King in elementary too. I was I, one of those edgy people. I read that and Dreamcatcher. Yeah, I like Dreamcatcher with the shit weasels and whatnot. <laughs> Mr. Gray, <laughs> Mr. go away. That, that movie adaptation sucks. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I liked it growing up. I don't. Uh, oh, that, I've got I've garbage. got like ten billion Stephen King DVDs in there. We could pick out all the bad ones and watch them Stan, too. Stand by me. Oh, Stand By Me is probably his best one. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the deal with this Castle Rock that's going oh, on? Oh, right okay. Now? So, J.J. Abrams is uh, teasing us yet again. He's, mm-hmm. like, lubed us up, got us all ready, all us Stephen King fans, and we got a Super Bowl commercial, and it's coming out in the summer. It's all the works, supposedly. Because I can't see Stephen King. Yeah, that Stephen King has set in the fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine, mm-hmm. and branching out into his other works. So, we got some Jerusalem's Law, we got some Derry, we got some Shawshank. And connecting them together in a new story that intertwines them more, maybe? No one really knows. I mean, he's always kind of intertwined all of his works. I yeah. mean, you've always seen mentions of, like, I mean, Derry pops up mm-hmm. uh, more, more yep. quite a bit. And, yep. uh, I, you know, while I was reading uh, it, I'm only like maybe just 100 pages in. Only right now. 900 more to go. I know, right? <laughs> no, actually, actually, it's like 1,182, I think. Mm hmm. It so, might be more, depending yeah, on the edition. It could be a page or two off. Yeah. But like Shawshank immediately like pops pops up all of a sudden. I was yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, like, he, like, this guy had it all planned out. Well, the cocaine would do that to you. That was after his cocaine phase, that, though. Then the weird sex pervert stuff that well, he puts in. I mean, I know what happens. Yeah. In, I know what happens with those kids yeah. in, that, in that sewer. It, but, you know, when you think about it more in the book's context, it's fine. I'm glad they didn't do it for the movie. And, like, everyone was, like, just stripping Newton, like, let's go! <laughs> Girls gone wild in the sewer. Yeah. Let's run a train, baby. Chugga, chugga, chugga. And it's all Bev's idea. <laughs> so it's consent. <laughs> Pennywise looks at the camera, like, gives a, a light wink, like, mm-hmm. Oh. But I don't know. I think it was good, except for the special effects. But hopefully it'll be fe- fixed when it gets a bigger Paint, budget. Painting woman. <laughs> Oh, you mean Judith? Yeah. 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 Any um Oscar thoughts? You know what? I don't care. Okay. That's I, that's completely fine. I just I don't care about award shows. I yeah. I, I, I I stopped watching them many a year yeah. ago, I felt like. Cause they've been they've been so, wearing on me too. They're so Definitely. they're so this is, this is not just for Oscars, this is for any award show. They're just so tech I mean the Tonys, you know, like all like the, the dance numbers and everything are, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I just there's there's always a a tacked on feature that goes with all of them you yeah. know people people were like oh seth mcfarland took it too far with some of these and or and you know how many uh wrong envelope jokes they're gonna make this year and it's gonna be who's hosting oh eddie murphy <laughs> i think they dug up um they dug up prince and he's hosting this oh, okay. year he, he'll be on wires <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a puppet <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh i wish i could see that we should. We should do that. That's so what... we're here to watch a movie tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Mark brought the movie. I did. Um, do you want to give me any clues about it? See I'll give you one it? hint. One hint. And it's probably already <laughs> giving away too much. <laughs> uh, I'll get. Uh, but I will give you. I'll give you three guesses. Okay. Uh, if they're all wrong, I'm gonna leave and I'll never come back. Oh. I hope I. <laughs> no, know. of course not. I'm not that kind of person. I'm respectful. But no. Uh, this. Uh, uh, this is your one hint and. Uh, this is it. Uh, Bill Murray's in this movie. And, okay. and that's it. Well, 
Good, so go. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it could be a, a Caddyshack? No. It could be a, a Groundhog Day? No. It could be a... We got one more. Oh, oh no, Bill Murray. Think, Bill Murray. think real hard. <laughs> I'm not a Bill Murray. He was in something recently, right? Yeah, but it's probably not that. Oh, it's not that. <laughs> Shit. Think. Bill Murray. Well, I'm literally drawing a blank right now. It's going to look like I'm an idiot on Just this say podcast. anything. Bill Murray. He wasn't in Zombieland. Oh, did he have a guest he, appearance? He wasn't. Oh, then I guess Zombieland then. He had a guest appearance there. Yeah. Yeah? No, it's not that. Oh. No, no, no. What, uh, what no, could it be? I, what I should have said uh, prior is that it wasn't a starring role. No. Like, this is a movie that I hold very dear to my heart. Oh, that, my. That I go back and rewatch and I always find something new. And usually it happens at uh, a passage of time. So, mm-hmm. like, every five years or so, when I'm, a, I'm a new point in my life. So, what I brought here today as I open up my bag of tricks. <gasps> what is it? What could be in there? I'm on bated breath. What, what could it be? Oh, the, the Royal Tenenbaums! The Royal Where did I guess that? Well, I didn't guess that. That was far away, but... What? You, listen... He's you, in every Wes Anderson you, movie. You trumped you lo- me... Wait, and wait, I know wait. you love Wes Anderson. Oh, hold on, we gotta go into it now, honey. Oh, okay. You trumped me. He is in every Wes Anderson movie. But I thought Wes Anderson was my thing, baby. Well, obviously you're You thing. trumped me again? <laughs> you pulled a Matthew Cabrera first Heathers, now the Royal Tenenbaums? What can I say? This isn't the, the show up and, you know, so slap I can just, Jonathan in the so face I can't, podcast. So I can't bring movies that you like? No, you can but i feel bad that it's like every movie so far has been something that i like except la la land you could feel should we talk about what i brought oh yeah sure let's talk about what he brought the podcast he gifted me something (laughs) what did i what did i bring you well he comes in he hands me a a folded up poster and as soon as it touched my hands it burned and i ran away (laughs) i I ran away back into the house and he knocked at the door with a hatchet and then delivered this to me and it's a a rolled up la la land poster truly one of a kind Mm. i'm blessed to have it in my house it'll go right next to my crucifix when i pray at night might have some dust residue and some uh, edging on the side might still have some cheese from that movie in it. <laughs> I like that movie. Royal Tannenbaums. This is uh, his fourth movie? Third movie? Uh, his first one was Bottle Rocket. Bottle, then, Bottle Rocket. Then Rushmore. Yeah. This I is think this soon is, after. It might be his third, third one. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I've yeah. seen this twice in my life. Twice? Really? Yeah. It's not... I mean, I love it, but I have other Wes Andersons that I love more. I got you. Good thing you didn't pick one of them. <laughs> Why this movie, Mark? Uh, well, you know, I just kind of went a little bit of detail. You know, like uh, there, there's something I always take away from it. Like, yeah. like every every few five times years, I see, yeah. It. yeah, yeah, like five years. Is so this your favorite Wes Anderson? Almost. Almost. Uh, I mean, as his movies progressively just keep coming out, I keep saying this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Mm. You know, that, we got that, Isle of Dogs to look forward to. I'm very excited for that. Mm. I love. I love that stuff. I love animation. dogs. <laughs> well, like I also love Fantastic Mr. Fox, and using that same kind of yeah. stop motion. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, like I've discussed this with uh, a friend of mine too. Or just like there's, uh, when you reach a different point in your life, you always seem to like gravitate towards this movie and, and what kind of message it might be giving. So it always changes, you know. And mm. I'm, you know, I'm gonna find out what that might be this time around. All so. right. So we hope you stick around, ladies and gentlemen, to watch the Royal Tannenbaums with us. See you after the break. <laughs>
But who's gonna eat all those olives, Mark? <laughs> save me, Popeye! Save me! It's all Popeye! Where was our olive? Well, fuel for me mule, gas for me ass. We need to watch that. Have you ever seen that adaptation of it? What? The, the Popeye's movie? Oh, with Robin Williams? With uh, Sherry, Shelley Duvall and Robin Williams? Uh, no, I, I have, I've seen very little of it. Oh, but I haven't my. seen the whole thing. Awful. <laughs> really? Completely awful. Who, who plays Bluto in it? Oh, uh, shit. I don't know, but it is a god awful. And it's a musical, too? Is it? Oh, wait, no, yeah, yeah. Because it's they have the like, famous song. It's got like nine musical numbers in it. Oh, I, mean, I, I love the 70s. Oh, Right? I, it's the 70s. That's when that movie came out. Yeah, I think and so. And Robin Williams was just a rising star. Oh, my goodness. It was like a, a mobile for him. But I, It might have been one of his first movies because like this was like coming off of like Mork and Mindy, I think. Oh, we have to add that to the podcast. <laughs> I don't think Popeye? I could find... Yeah, I don't think I could find a DVD copy in existence, though. Uh, I mean, we have to... like I, We were talking about this earlier. We're like, we just need to find like really bad movies we to, can watch to that. laugh at. Well, no, we can have a Shelley Duvall because I'm obsessed with The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. And we can watch that back to back and see that she's scarier in Popeyes than Popeye. I keep calling it Popeyes like the Popeye. eating establishment. Popeye chicken, wheezy and a fast. Ooh, you love my chicken, Popeye. Or I'm going to a very <laughs> well, weird any, territory. Oh, well, anyways, what did we watch, Mark? <laughs> uh, we watched uh, uh, Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, and I love, I love Wes Anderson, and I'm still upset that you uh, outdone me again. Hey, you had other Wes Anderson movies uh, to begin with, so. Yeah, but those hey. are my movies. Yeah. Only to like found out that you only were a Wes Anderson fan about maybe two years ago. Listen, I did my best I could. I got on that. I've been I've been watching this movie since it actually first aired on like HBO. Yeah, but you're like what sixty years old. That's true. So the beard shows. Yeah, I'm only twenty five years old this year. (laughs) That's like what three? Are you twenty five? In May. I'm twenty five. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're sixty. I mean, I'll be 26 in, in, in July, so I'll, oh, I'll so have you're, you. You're only a year older. That's crazy. Oh. I was, you're a much older personality than I would figure, Mark. Man, I hate being old. You're not old. I'm so old. <laughs> I go I'm to so I go to my old. local dive bar with my friends, and we, uh, I, they know me by name, and it's like, hey, schlummy. That's adulthood, sweetie. That's not old age. <laughs> that's, that's old. <laughs> that's me at suspenders on a normal night. Wait, you go to suspenders? Once in a while, yeah. Okay, nice. A few of my students saw me at suspenders, and you want to know that interaction I had this week? Yeah. So I'm at the bus stop waiting for my bus, as I usually do. Mm. That takes me home. And uh, one kid comes up to me. I haven't spoke to him in like a year, but, you know, we got along. I stepped for his class for about, I think, a month and a half at uh, the school I used to teach at. And he's like, hey, Mr. K, I saw you at suspenders the other day. And I was thinking, I was rolling through the Rolodex of hate in my mind, going, what day was I at suspenders? And I was like, oh shit, I was intoxicated every time I was at suspenders. And he's like, I was like, yeah, you could have just said hi. He's like, no, by that time it looked like you were far gone. Stab me through the heart, why don't you? And he just walked away. It was like straight out of a movie. Out of the Royal Tannenbaums, in fact. I felt that that interaction could uh, fit there. Um, What were we drinking during this? Uh, We were drinking uh, uh, the uh, lead actor's... uh, favorite drink Gene uh, Hackman Gene Hackman who plays Royal Tenenbaum mm. uh, it was a uh, dirty martini which I hated by the well, way I, there was the first time I had that drink and it was god awful I think with a little less olive juice it would have been fine did you see my face every time I took a sip well that's why I offered you I, wine sweetie so you could drink that instead I'm drinking that now just yeah. to get the taste out of my mouth we learn olive juice here at Nightcaps at the theater we don't Russia. judge we learn from our mistakes and you know we'll learn to make a better martini right 
right now we're just settling with our wine, though. I will say, for the next movie, if and when I am uh, return to this podcast... You mean when he's coming back. Um, if, surprise, surprise. If, Even though Matt's not here, I really want Mark to make this a menage a trois, so I will invite him to we'll subsequent see. showings. We'll see, we'll see. You know, uh, things might just be in the work, but uh, I do have a very a very good drink that I'll bring for the next time. Well, that is reason enough to come again yeah. for me. Want to talk about this movie? Sure. I don't have a lot of plot notes because, yeah. um, I don't know, we were shooting some banter in between and I liked it, but I know mm-hmm. you have a, a lot of stories about this film. Yeah. Something that uh, really strikes me about this movie, though, and everything that Anderson directs is the way he treats books. Yeah. And, you know, he opens on books. That, that, that's that's the funny thing where it's like, I always thought that this was some kind of like adaptation because no, it starts yeah. off. And with he like, always does that. It starts out with like an upward frame of like a book being checked out yeah. called The Royal Tenenbaum. Well, do you think it's one of Margot's possible plays? Maybe. Well, it's written, well, it's well, written like a book in chapters. So yeah, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. Maybe it's a memoir for one of the family members. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, you know, it's, you know, it starts out with like someone like checking out a book at a, at a library and then it opens up with the uh, chapter. Yeah one and uh the the the, the illustrious uh uh alec baldwin uh, narrating the entire movie which uh, it was weird that at one point and he wasn't he, doing his trump voice so you and, know it was a good era and he wasn't yelling at his daughter over the phone yeah. calling her a pig oh no <laughs> remember when that happened guys you are a rude pig <laughs> if you Same. like to leave <laughs> i was like dad <laughs> Uh, it's weird when he broke character. Well, it's appropriate that a bad dad was narrating because we have Royal Tannenbaum, the star of this movie, who is a quote-unquote bad dad. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we meet uh, Royal Tannenbaum, his wife, and his three childrens, Chaz, Richie, and Margot, Mm -hmm. played by Ben Stiller... Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. I always forget his name. And the, I, and the illustrious Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow. Also known as Dead Cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a lot to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie. At least I do. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. Um, Before we get into that, who are you most like? Chaz, Richie, or Margot? Uh, it's probably Richie. Richie. Yeah, yeah I mean, I he's he, I mean, he's the most uh, relatable in, in terms of my sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's a, he's a daddy's boy. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, obviously, he's played the favorite in the family too, mm-hmm. as the film does continuously show. Yeah. And you know he's he's just madly in love with who we'll get into. <laughs> yeah. That. That's a, a big point. Um, speaking of who he's madly in love with, I'll uh, mention who I most relate to. I like Marco the best. Mm-hmm. I think I relate to her. Um, as kind of the black sheep of the family, she's adopted. She's a playwright. Cuts off a finger, trying to live life, but. Completely deadpan throughout it. Yeah. She shows emotion about twice in this movie, and I don't know if that's a character choice or if that's actually Gwyneth Paltrow. It could be just Gwyneth Paltrow just struggling to emote. Poor so. Goop. <laughs> we have to talk about Goop. Y'all best know what Goop is. We ain't gonna if, explain. If you that. don't know what Goop is, uh, if you're feeling depressed, just uh, take her advice and just spend a day in Japan and just uh, spend uh, umorous amounts of money that you obviously do have yeah. on jewelry and uh, just massages of all. You have to types. look up a uh, Goop but Goop butt water. It is the funniest thing, and I'm not going to explain what it is, but look up Goop Butt Water. That I don't know about it. Oh. Is there, wait, is there, there's stones involved here, right? <laughs> stones and crystals in that, <laughs> that Goop Butt Water. That I don't believe in, but the, I knew, I, knew, I do know people that do uh, believe in that. And you know what? If it works for you, all the more I don't think you. it works for you. I think you need help if you've got a Goop product on your shelf. 
Give me that. Give us that money here at Nightcaps at the Theater. We could use that money far more than Google. The reason why I forget uh, who plays Richie and you're going to have to constantly remind me is because Owen Wilson is also in this movie. Oh, wow. 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 Remember is, him, kids? This is a good, good, good oh, dinner. I'm Owen Wilson. Remember me? I'm blonde. <laughs> I talk like this. And look at my nose. Yeah, I know. Mm. Wow. And he is the guy who lives across the street from the town in Bombs. Yeah. Uh, he spends quite a uh, time over there too, yeah. which I think well, you know, we might go into a little bit now. But uh, yeah, uh, 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 you know, he lives just with his aunt, just like you know, uh, single mom, I, I or like a person, I assume. And he has no, no, he doesn't have any parents, no siblings, and he just sees his family, who's just big and elaborate. And I think he just he likes spending time with them. He he wants to be part of a bigger family. You mentioned that he wants to be part of the Tenenbaums, and I think that's an underlying theme that I never really picked up on, probably because I'm slightly intoxicated, and probably because I've only seen this movie about twice before. But that's really deep. A river runs deep through this movie. Yeah. Um. There's not a lot of plot that I can physically talk about. It's not a plot-heavy movie. It's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. So it's like the plot can be summed up in a paragraph. But it's something to look at and think about, especially as you get older, as Mark was telling me. The more... Like, you know, you watch this every so often. Yeah, every, every get, few the years. The more it strikes you. The, the, you know, like the... the whatever point in life that you find yourself in where it's either a personal financial uh, stability wherever you find yourself in and i think that's what really adds up to this movie and like you see these characters kind of like almost reunite they're all that you see them separated you know yeah. like just point in the movie and they all kind of like re- reunite and you see just like where they are in life and in, in a similar setting but like you know they just they're they're struggling with whatever whatever it is and they end up finding a whole new look up look out on life mm-hmm. so that's what i find very uh unique about it it's something uplifting but this movie isn't technically uplifting i think it's a doubt <laughs> i think it's a well, downer aside from the ending uh, and even the ending is like an you know it has a downer attitude about it someone dies but but I, I find it a little bit uplifting yeah i think like i said in the end there's hope mm-hmm. there's hope definitely going on from where the even though we're looking at the lives of, I put on my sheet, these spoiled little rich sad folk yeah. in like the Upper West Side of Manhattan, even though it's not technically there. Um, Wes Anderson didn't use any landmarks, as you said. No, no, no. They, he, he does this very impressive thing where um, there's a shot uh, early in the movie where um, uh, Gene Hackman is mm-hmm. talking, talking to, to talking to Pagoda while like uh, essentially the uh, the family's like uh, house uh, like, uh, butler. I'm not gonna say, not gonna say slave, but yeah, like no, house yeah. house butler. And uh, yeah. and they're ta- and they're speaking across from each other. And and when it shoots to the front of uh, pagoda, he's it's out to the, uh, to the uh, to the ocean. Mm-hmm. But his entire presence is blocking the Statue of Liberty. Mm. And uh, that that I think that's a very like unique and yeah. genuine shot that he intends on using because mm-hmm. like you said there's there's no shots no landmarks yeah. of anything used in the yeah, city yeah. and this is one of the first few mo- movies that he uses that isn't shot in houston texas where he's often mm-hmm. um he, he uh his last two movies were actually shot that were rushmore and bottle rocket yeah because that that's where his home he's and, from, they, and he knows it well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was pretty. And something pretty nice. I noticed, like when they shoot on, like it's not called the New York Public Library, but it's meant to represent the New York Public Library. It has yeah. a slightly different name. They have different lions out front that are like stylized. So I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing, Wes Anderson. And he is a genius. Mm-hmm. Let's just get that over with. Wes Anderson is a quirky, and even though he dresses like a Catholic schoolgirl, like I told Mark before, <laughs> like literally look up pictures of Wes Anderson. He dresses like a Catholic schoolgirl, which is funny because uh, there's something uh, that uh, he, he mentioned. 
Hutchins. Uh, I think it was on DVD commentary. I haven't listened to it, but it was just something I looked up that Angelica Houston at one point, it might have been during this movie or Life Aquatic with uh, Steve Z- uh, Zuzu. Yeah, it's like Zuzo. Zuzo. That was yeah. like the movie that, 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 that came after this one. And was it directly after? This it one? might have been. Well, I'm not. I know exactly it was sure. after. I don't know if it was directly. It after. almost might have been directly, but I don't know. Yeah. You uh, probably know more. And, than and I do. where he sort of just like I think he like kind of like grew his hair out or might might have cut it. I'm not sure what it was, but he changed his whole look. And Jelka Houston said like, "You look very attractive." Oh. And, and, and 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 he just kind of giggled or something like that. And uh-huh. they were just telling him where it's like he he then just kept this persona of like what you're describing as right now. Yeah. Well, so. that's I feel like that's him. You can see it through the the camera lens that that's obviously him. Yeah. Speaking of Angelica Houston, y'all, I got a little celebrity fun fact with you. Uh-oh. I once sat behind Angelica Houston at a theater production. Oh. Yes, I know I'm keep, famous. Keep bragging. Keep oh, bragging. Oh, girl, I could have smelled her farts. Speaking of, <laughs> she looked like she holds it in a fart in the whole movie and I'm fine with that because I love me some Angelica Houston you know I would have sniffed that shit right up my nose and it would have been a good time so anyway I'm sitting behind her and I'm going to myself that's not Angelica Houston. There's no way in hell I'm sitting behind Angelica fucking Houston. And it was in Central Park. It was at Shakespeare in the Park, but the year they did Into the Woods. So it was Sondheim in the park that year. And it was the first night of previews officially. And I got there right early in line. I got a seat. And I was sitting right behind her. And I'm not the kind of person that'll, like, talk to celebrities, even though I've met, like, probably two in my life. Wow. But I was struggling. I was like, I just wanted to say, oh, my God, I love you, Angelica Houston, because she's such a big inspiration from this and, like, that horrible season or two of Smash and then uh, the Addams Family movies. What else do you know Angelica Houston from? Like, Did we say the witches? Yeah, the witches. The witches. Oh. It does! Witches, it smells like poo! (laughs) Oh. And we're not drunk. That's totally a movie, guys. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little sloshed. Raw doll. From that one martini that we had. That one martini. And, and, and then, then like this the is, bottle of wine. It might be a third, second glass. <laughs> I'll keep Mark up with witches! <laughs> Assemble! And then we need to watch Hocus Pocus. Oh, oh, oh there's so many things we can do. It's just a bunch. We're way off track. We're dwindling. So, um, so anyway, I have this is uh, absurdist, ironic, and like a New Yorker cartoon. And it mm-hmm. fits the mood of the movie perfectly. Like, that's what I get from this movie when you watch it. It's like, you're going to see a scene, and then underneath is going to be one line from it, and it'll be like the New Yorker heading. It's it's very uh, social commentary, I, yes. I, I see. and But the, the style of it, I, I look at it, it's, like, it's almost like a, a very French movie. There's just the way it's shot, you know? Like, yeah. you almost don't really know, like, if this is taking place in, in like, a different time period. Just, the, like, the manner of clothing uh, that they're wearing. Yeah. But, like, Wes Anderson does this unique thing where it's, like, he only uses a, a very, uh, like, like four to five colors mm. and, and a shot something that doesn't uh, distra- uh, attract from what's going on mm-hmm. so like you see a lot of browns a lot of yellows uh, a lot of orange so like I, I, I that's what I, I like about that you know like you don't really know where this is unless it's very like in your face being told mm. and which uh, the, the, how the movie introduces its characters is something that I actually like really like about it too. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh uh, yeah, like the way it opens exactly. Mm-hmm. So like you know, it opens with um, the main character Gene Hackman, Royal Tenenbaum, and it, it shows you like Royal Tenenbaum uh, or like Gene Hackman as Royal Tenenbaum, mm-hmm. and then it goes down the line. Even characters you haven't even been inter- introduced to yeah. yet, as the prologue. Uh, even minor you. characters, yeah, yeah. So like you no know, characters like um, we'll get into like Bill Murray or yeah. um. 
uh, Danny Glover, mm-hmm. uh, people like that. And that's what I, I, I really like about it. It's not so exposition heavy. Yeah, where like, it's easy. Like, yeah. It's not, I, I agreed with Mark completely, especially when he pointed it out. I'm like, this is, like, this is exactly what I need in a movie. It's almost like you're watching a play and reading the playbill beforehand and knowing that the actors play that character. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally streamlined. I agree with that. This was a quote unquote arrested development inspiration. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. The way they follow the characters and <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a really good point of yeah. uh, making that. Yeah. I, I like that. Who made Arrested Development? Mitchell Hurwitz and Ron Howard as executive producer. Dun, 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 so dun, dun. the more you know. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, yeah, this is a very Arrested Development sort of movie. Yeah, very and dysfunctional family. Yeah, one of them was quoted as saying that this movie inspired them to create the series. Really? Yeah, I read that on the Wikipedia. Oh boy. All by myself. <laughs> Does Royal love his children? I think so. But I think he has a, he does play favorites. He does play favorites. And for, who is his favorite? Well, it's Richie, obviously. Yeah. Rich, I mean, they're they're all they make them out. The, the prologue does the, the unique thing of like uh, setting up the whole family, uh, more specifically the children, and uh, they're all that they're all geniuses. Like there there was a there was a whole press conference. There was a book written about them. Yeah. Margot Richie uh, and uh, Chaz uh, Richie. Uh, who happens to be a tennis pro? Uh, he's he was taking out more family outings with mm-hmm. with Royal, Royal to see his uh, Royal's dead mother and to get into like dog fights with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you see this like quick pan down. Uh, there's a lot of cool imagery like this too that comes back also later in the film with Margot and Chaz looking down on Richie from being taken out of the cab yeah. with Royal and seeing them just excluded from but I don't, their father's company. Yeah, in adulthood, I don't... I mean, I see that he's on his side more, being that Richie's on Royal's side more, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that connection still. I don't think it's real at all. Yeah. I don't think that Royal really loved them until, you know, the scare of death actually took him. Mm. I I don't know. I mean, I, call I, me a, a bit of person, a I, bit of Betty. Agree to disagree. Maybe. All right, that's know. what that's what this podcast is for. So we can butt heads, <laughs> yeah. and I can kill you in your sleep later, <laughs> just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't think Royal loves his kids. Okay. I don't see it for him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they're I more think. of a cash grab. You think? I definitely. Well, he steals money from Chaz, doesn't that's, he? That's true, but I think. That- and Chaz is like what at that age, like nine or ten. <laughs> Yeah, when his he stills like his, save, his savings yeah. bonds. From He's him. investing in the stock market at that age, and I'm like, man, I wish I was a Chaz. He but also, no, he also sues him later on in life. And Margot wins fifty thousand dollars from winning a play thing. Mm-hmm. But she, he, there's no say of him stealing that because well, he doesn't her. care about Margot. He doesn't consider Margot an entity in his sphere. That's true. She's not invited to do anything. Yeah, he also like refers to Margot as like always as his adopted daughter, yeah. Margot. Yeah, like even like, like even points it out like this is my adopted daughter. Daughter Margot, and yeah. he, she's like even holding like a drink and a cigarette looks <laughs> at like, like twelve, yeah. <laughs> which is the ongoing uh, joke that she started smoking at twelve and no one can pick up on it, even though every scene she's fucking smoking. And like like one of her hideouts is like where uh, Richie keeps his bird Mordecai. Mordecai, uh, I love Mordecai. Can we, talk, yeah. can we talk about Mordecai? Can for a we second? talk about Mordecai? Uh, Underrated character in this film, absolutely. Mordecai exits this film within the first ten minutes of the, f- <laughs> the movie. Uh, later comes back uh, at, at the, the very end. At the yeah. very end, it yeah. Bookends the movie very and, nicely. But uh, Owen Wilson, uh, um, Chad. I mean, not Chaz. Uh, wow, these names—they're all similar. Richie, Richie uh, makes mention of Mordecai when he comes back, saying he has more white 
feathers on them. Mm. Um, oddly enough, that wasn't written in uh, at first because Mordecai, the original bird, was uh, kidnapped and held for ransom what? by some vagrant. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they decided, no, we're not going to pay this, so we're just going to use another bird oh who just God. happens to have more white So feathers. where is the real Mordecai now? Who knows? Oh, my God. You're just spewing <laughs> the trivia on this film. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I know. It's so it's so bizarre. Well, we meet Angelica Houston. What's her character name again? It's like Evelyn. Evelyn? Evelyn. I think it's Evelyn. Well, I don't remember but um angelica houston in these uh west anderson movies is always in multiple relationships yeah she's sexy in a way Mm -hmm. not to i don't think to us youth but hey you never know as more as morticia adams man that's there i like an older woman well she's sexy as morticia when she comes down just slinking down the stairs yeah we when she's only like viewed with like her like the light on her eyes absolute dreadful ecstasy we are are you in pain excruciatingly? And we get to the big taboo of this film being incest? Question it, mark? Is it incest, though? Ooh, this is going to be a, a <laughs> butting heads. I don't feel like it is. Okay. And I mean, they got enough money to shoo that problem away anyway. But in the respect that uh, Margot Margo and, and Richie are... Uh, Richie the tennis player and Margot yeah, the playwright. They're siblings, but they've been having this relationship on and off for the majority of their lives. They ran away from home when they were yeah. very little. Mm-hmm. They hid out in a museum. Yeah. Feeding off crackers <laughs> and various and other things. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. No, it's they didn't. Good. I don't think they've ever... They never... I don't... I, I, the film is very, like, Advent saying they never really acted on these emotions. Well, yeah. I could see that. They've kissed a couple times, though. Passionately. No, no I don't think so. No, they no. They wanted to. Uh, they, I mean, they do. <laughs> they definitely wanted to. Uh, but but the uh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's that first hug that they have. Mm. You see the two adult uh, actors portray them as. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I don't know. So is it a bad thing or a good thing that incest is in this film? I mean, it's not. I mean, I, I'm for you there. I don't think it is incest. Yeah. You know, like obviously, I mean, Mario was a. Adopted at age two, I think they say, mm. or Alec Baldwin says, <laughs> and we can trust his word as law. Of course, I mean when you have a man of his prowess as like Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Gary, <laughs> Glenn Ross. I don't know. Um, you never know. Yeah, I mean, I'll say no. I'll say no. I don't. I don't, I don't consider it incest. All right. Uh, I think you know, like when two people are around each other for that span of time, I mm-hmm. think it's yeah. Is it a legitimate relationship though? Like, do you see this going forward after the film? There are subtle hints. I mean, um, at the end of the film, you do see, like, when she's consoling Richie uh, mm. at a certain grave. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, do, I do notice it. So, yeah. yeah. So do you think these characters would, like, you know, continue down the line, maybe get a little more, you know? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right. I, I would. I would think All so. Right. I could feel that. And I guess I could see that in their futures, too. It's not really disgusting. It's not like they... It's very tame. Yeah, it's tame and mm-hmm. tastefully done with like a humor sense to it. Um, we have to talk about the fashion in this movie and yeah. every Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous, man. I, I don't, love it. I don't know how he does it. Everyone has. What their... kind of budget must you have to get all these period piece clothing? I think he items? just shops at like uh, Urban Outfitters and not uh, even that. I think, uh, I think Goodwill, Goodwill, yeah. or just like some kind of thrift store because yeah. everyone just has these very unique, out of 
time pieces that yeah. they wear. Margot has this kind of fur, fur coat, coat yeah. that she always wears. Bogota mm-hmm. uh, when it's when he goes out when it when it's uh, I always say Bogota. It's Pagoda. 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 Uh, he has this very like nice uh, trench coat that he has. Very uh, it's a tan looking one, mm-hmm. and every, you know everyone, uh, even um, Ben Stiller. Ha- or yeah, Ben Stiller. With ben Stiller, Adidas, sporting, Adidas yeah, uh, tracksuits. Red, and they're red. Like too. any good Italian in the Bronx, he's sporting uh, Adidas red tracksuit. Why, why do you the think movie. they always red, wear red tracksuits, though? Red, the color of passion, sex, um, no anger. No. Why? I think. Well, for me personally, it's because red is like the the color that you look at because when you when you think of emergency, like fire, okay. but. Wes Anderson does point out where it's like he he said this at first, but then he says, "You know what? I just like the thought of Ben Stiller and his and his kids just wearing Adidas track suits." <laughs> that was it. And he does cast like two mini me Ben Stillers he, as his kids. He does, and what are their names like? Acute and obtuse. Er, er, what are their names? Ernie, er, Ernie, and Gertie. <laughs> Let's just call them that because I don't remember their their names. But those poor kids. Yeah, that's a rough life. Even though uh, Ben Stiller's character's wife dies off screen in the movie and mm-hmm. we feel it I get it I'm supposed to feel sad for him but he is but, the one I feel the least sad about and the way it, it uses it too the way like the scenery like uh, addressing how his wife died mm-hmm. is a uh, it focuses on like uh, slide shots like like just like alright next yeah. next yeah. And, like these like we never it, get to know her and it, it's like him uh, or no uh, her and her kids sitting in front of like the plane that crashes yeah and then it and then it's it's a wide shot of him like going through the slide shots with a bottle of whiskey, I thought that was pretty, you know, pretty cool. I think mm. you know just the way that's handled, you know, not just like a oh here here's the picture, but it's him actually looking at them, reminiscing, mm. and it's going it's like a play by play of how it plays out. Mm. So, um, yeah, Owen Wilson, do we like him in this movie? Uh, I like how he's used. Um, I, I could say that about a lot of people in this movie: <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, Gene Hackman, like. These are people we're not supposed to condition to be liked in this universe. As people, mm-hmm. they're a little off-putting. But as we said, the big debate when it comes to Wes Anderson films is he casts these people and they're perfect. Yeah. Even Bill Murray, um, who I've heard some shade thrown about. Oh, in no. the, uh, Everyone has their own story about Bill Murray. Yeah. But I like him nonetheless. And I honest. think it's because of these movies. Because mm-hmm. he uses these uh, rotation cast members that he always casts in every one of these films. And it works. Yeah. Somehow. I mean, for, when it comes to Wes Anderson, it's somehow it's always becomes, especially for this movie, it's an ensemble piece. Mm. You know, everyone is focused on in a very significant light. You know, like... Everyone's introduced appropriately, uniquely, and that, yeah, I, I can't really say more, more for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, even uh, Danny Glover's character, which uh, can we can we get into? Yeah, a little bit? I like him the most. Yeah. He's the most innocent. He's not related to the family in any way. Mm-hmm. He wants Angelica Houston. He seems like a better choice than Royal. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, they eventually do get wet in the end, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. I mean, he's very forward too, and in, yeah. in the, in the, in the, when he's first introduced, it's just like it's like like because he's a lawyer and he's been a friend of the family for about ten years now, mm. and the way like he goes like, oh, I want to address like your marital status and how you you come about that in terms of like be, maybe being single because Angelica Houston isn't uh, divorced, but she's separated and she's been separated for more than twenty years at this point now, mm. and then he just goes, "Will you marry me?" 
Mm. Yeah, because you know, he's just been in love with her for that long, and it's so matter of fact. It's so, and she's just, I'll think about it. You know, yeah. I'll think about it. Yeah, because and she, she does think about it, even though she's had all these lovers beforehand. Yeah, well, she also says she hasn't uh, mar- uh, uh, slept with a man for eighteen years. Though I didn't pick up on that fact. Mm. Mm. Poor Angelica Houston. Poor rich delusional Angelica. Who wouldn't want to sleep with Angelica Houston? Girl. Especially yeah, Angelica at Houston age. could throw a drink and throw a drink in my face, and I would sop it right up. <laughs> oh man, uh, we get to let's shag ass. Before we get to that point, uh, so Royal, uh, about 22 years have passed since uh, yeah. the, the prologue. And Mark this knows point. this movie. This is one of my lesser known. John um, has seen this movie only twice. Only, I've seen this movie uh, yeah. about maybe 20 or so yeah. times. So Mark is a, a better uh, teacher for me for this movie. I'm yeah. a, more, there's other Wes Anderson movies that I'm more familiar with. So, so excuse Ro- me. Royal, ha- Royal, Royal Tenenbaum, the father, has been st- spending his uh, the last 22 years at this hotel. And apparently he's gone for broke. And yeah. he's been being evicted from his mm-hmm. uh, from his apartment or uh, his stay of residence, and so he tries to find some way to like maybe muji on back into his family's life. Yeah, because they haven't spoken to him within uh, maybe about the last three years, I think they say. And so the way he does this is by uh, wooing back his uh, now separated, not divorced still, mind mm-hmm. you, wife Angelica Houston by saying that he has stomach cancer and that he's dying. Yeah. And by that, he goes about trying to like make amends with all of his family. You know, his his sons, his da- adopted daughter, <laughs> adopted daughter, uh, and, even, and and first meeting his grandchildren, which he had, uh, Ben Stiller's, which acute and obtuse, yeah, yeah those those illustrious names, Modi and Odie. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the, the, but the way he hears about this too is is. Uh, uh, pagoda, uh, pagoda, pagoda, man, the, the alcohol. I may not know the plot, but I know that name. Uh, like is uh, very favorited to- towards Royal, and so yeah. he overhears this once. Uh, Danny Glover's character Henry uh, pronounces that he wants to marry Angelica Houston. Uh, so yeah, like he was like, okay, you now like I'm I'm gonna move in on this territory mm-hmm. here. So yeah, so the yeah, let's shag ass, let's shag ass. So. Uh, they proceed to go to uh, visit uh, Royal's uh, dead mother in the cemetery, mm-hmm. and but they also see Chaz's dead uh, wife there as well in the same cemetery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a funny thing that happens there before before they leave is that uh, Royal uh, mentions to Chaz about the BB still being stuck in his knuckle. Now, yeah. previously in the beginning of this movie. Uh, you see uh, them playing with BB guns. Yeah, and Royal's on the roof, and he just shoots Chaz for absolutely no reason. Exactly. He just We're... says life is impaired. He pulls an Arrested Development move exactly. with the hook-handed man. He's like, there's no easy uh, like, the, the, comeuppance in life. Li- like, life life is garbage. It's gonna keep, there's no there's no shortcuts, yeah. you know? And so uh, Chaz shows him his hand, and the BB is still lodged in there. You see, like, the BB move as he pushes man, it. Roy was such a dick, but man. But the funny thing about this is that uh, that's actually someone's hand that's, that has a BB lodged in it. And that's Andrew Wilson, the brother of Owen and Luke Wilson, who actually has a BB lodged in there. Let me just lube up, because uh, Wes Anderson and his details make me insanely sexual feeling Mm. um and speaking of my next note is the framing makes me hard Mm. in this movie the framing is beautiful gorgeous wonderful and it speaks things about the characters mark was telling me that margot is in the back of almost every shot yeah 
that uh, because, has the whole family in it to show how distant she is. Yeah, from the rest she's of the very family. separated because you even see early in the movie when she's oh, when you first see Glenn Paltrow herself as her adult self that she's uh, married to uh, Bill Murray's character Raleigh, and how like she's just keeps herself in a bathroom with a door locked so mm-hmm. like she shuts everybody out yeah. you know she doesn't want anybody in her life because she's been with these uh with uh, with an amount of different people and but she does she feels nothing but mm-hmm. like you do see that she feels over some amounts of like happiness and feelings with uh her brother Richie, Richie. yeah so yeah, it's it's as much as Gwyneth it's Paltrow, a, yeah, can feel. It's like she's just unscreened. using these men, maybe just like maybe to feel something. Yeah, maybe I get that. Because maybe like she, drugs, because Richie abuses. Oh no, oh, no, no Eli, uh, Eli, Eli, who is the next door neighbor, yeah. uh, played by Owen Wilson, abuses drugs. So it's like everyone is trying to feel something in this movie. Exactly. Chaz is trying to feel like protective of his children I that mean, they're safe. Also, everyone's like an alcoholic in this yeah. movie. I mean, Richie. Uh, uh, specifically just drinks Bloody Marys. Mm-hmm. Royal drinks... Uh, well, Chaz uh, doesn't drink. He just drinks milk. Yeah, him and his sons drink yeah, milk. Well, he's then, a health nut. Yeah, yeah. yeah like he, he, he makes his sons uh, work uh, six six times a day, or 16 times a week. Yeah. In uh, a prison yard. Yeah, which it's like this upper deck looking place and it, like, yeah, it looks like a prison yard uh-huh. and he just keeps them and they're doing like pull-ups and sit-ups and crunches. He's so brilliant as a director. I can't get over Wes Anderson. This is one of the few movies too that I actually like Ben Stiller in too, which I think really make, makes him shine. Yeah. Like yeah. I was telling Mark, I only think of Meet the Parents with like, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> and that's the first thing that comes to mind with Ben Stiller. And then I roll my eyes, aside from Madagascar, where I'm just like, kill me now. I can't think of Ben Stiller in a normal. Shut up, Spalding. <laughs> God. So yeah, like we, we leave the uh, the graveyard, right? The graveyard scene. And uh, we still learn a little bit about uh, Richie and that. Um, Early earlier in the film, that he's he's been traveling on a cruise, mm-hmm. and he sends like a personal message to uh, uh, Eli, which is his best friend essentially, uh, and he tells him that he's in love with Margot. Yeah, and Margot has been banging Eli mm, for quite on the some DL. time. Yeah, ooh, it's like an episode of Hot Lanta up in here. Everyone's banging each other, and so Eli just out of the whim, maybe because he's on drugs, just tells Margot, "Oh yeah." Uh, Richie's in love with you. So don't tell him that because I told him that in confidence. You know, I I hate Eli just below Royal in this movie. Below yeah. Royal. I, I don't... Think, but I understand Eli. I don't. I do. I don't. He, he wa- wants something that he can't have. He wants... He's mo- stupid. He wants Margot specifically just because he wants to be part but that's of the Tenenbaums. That's not a sane he, reason. But he wants a family. He doesn't want to just live with his aunt. He wants to live with the enormous amounts of people. You know, that's why I love... So he can join a commune or a cult then if he wants to live with that many people. He doesn't need the Tana moms. Well, he almost does because he he, he he spends his time with dealers. Yeah, but Shh. he's not... <laughs> it's just everyone's so delusional in this movie. And I know it's a Wes Anderson. Everyone's framed to be like, you know, quirky and, you know, have a character motivation. But in the real world, this would not fly. This would not fly. Well, you know, like, uh, Wes Anderson does a lot of like... what what What's the what's the word? <sighs> Man, absurdist, absurdist uh, things. So, you know, yeah. you can't really fault the real world for, for what it is and what he adds to it. So No, yeah. no, I can't. So we get a detailed look inside the Tannenbaum house, which I'm convinced is on the Upper West Side, if not the Upper East Side, or yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, it could, um, it's it a real be. house that exists. It, it is. They, uh, 
they, they tell you on like where exactly where the house is but it's not the real address but this house does exist they filmed inside and outside of like uh where where it was and, and actually like with the house like uh next door too so but yeah hmm. it's very new york yeah it's and i get that as a, a tri-stater i really enjoy that sensibility of having like everything cramped but still very posh and elegant mm-hmm. like shelves filled with books magazines Board tables games board games we'll get they used operation twice in this movie ladies and gentlemen i pointed it out to mark one of the biggest sins yeah i I saw it don't worry it's in that same shot two operation board games how dare they (laughs) did you notice that the 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 light switch had a uh, monopoly house i did not yeah that that, uh, right at the end oh my gosh that's so quirky Mm -hmm. well i take that back wes anderson is a an angel sent from heaven to direct movies for us um we get to ben stiller's kids uh, Modi and Odi, and they really respond to Royal's affection. Yeah, like he, like well, like uh, Royal just like wants to. I think more more than like just trying to like live in a uh, rent free house. I guess back because like eventually he does go back to his house and gets evicted from uh, mm. his uh, hotel. Yeah, and just says like, "Hey, I'm I'm I." I, I need to live here. Like, my, the stomach cancer, it's it's killing me. Obviously, it's not. He's eating cheeseburgers and fries yeah. like it's no tomorrow. And he's he just decides, like, hey, he wants a, he wants an outing with his grandkids. Mm. And they just, they, they, they steal milk. They ride... Go-karts. Uh, gar- yeah, yeah, that uh, uh, garbage trucks. Yeah. Uh, you know... Which and, seems fun. And, and, and they uh, go to dog fights. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a fun life. If I had a... If my grandfather, who was... Uh, I don't think he had many vices except, you know, he was an old Italian that was like, you know, I would con- connect with someone who took me dog fighting and garbage truck riding. Yeah. I can't speak for this movie because I have no siblings. Do you have siblings? I, I have an older brother and a younger sister. Yeah, I'm an only I'll, child, so I'll, I'm always I'll, out in these movies. Yeah, I don't the, know how to feel. Well, being the middle child is, is no uh, spring chicken itself. Yeah, that's what I hear. But I ate my other siblings in the womb, so it doesn't matter to me. So you're the superior child. I hope so, even though I don't feel that way. I sure (laughs) as hell, you know, gotta act that way. (laughs) I put that Danny Glover is just a superior character to Royal in every single way. Oh, yeah. Well, Danny Glover does this thing where he... He's always present, but at the same time, he doesn't feel present. Yeah, like he's always he's he's like an extended member of the family. He's he's a member of the family, but he isn't a member of the family. Mm. I'm 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 very I'm repeating myself frequently here. Go ahead. But uh, you know he 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 loves uh Evelyn. You know he like he, he's feverishly trying to like he cares yeah he he's trying to win her over like for for the fact because he does love her. Where at the same sense it doesn't almost feel like royal doesn't but he does but yeah. he doesn't quite show it enough no. uh he almost kind of manipulates her in some ways you know into uh into loving him yeah uh more for the fact for him just to try and like move back to the house mm. so uh at some point we're like Danny Glover's character uh, Henry he, uh, he he walks into the kitchen and all of a sudden like like, like Royal's sitting down and he's smoking a cigarette <laughs> even though he has stomach, stomach cancer, cancer. <laughs> and he's like it's like are you trying to move in up moving on my woman and he's like it's like I don't know what you're talking about or, or it's like 
uh, I'm sure you do, Coltrane. <laughs> he called like like un- almost under his breath. I don't like, speak jive. Like I like, like <laughs> literally, he's like he gets up. He's like, I'm gonna speak some jive. Like you never heard. And then I had to teach Mark what airplane was. And I also had to tell him that they weren't really filming during this scene, or they oh, didn't. Know. And I believed him. I was like, <laughs> what? Because Gene Hackman is a notable, noticeable douche in real life. So I believed it. I was like, like, yeah, this, that sounds like a Gene Hackman. Like, thing. like this is almost felt like a real argument that like Danny Glover and Gene Hackman were like, having. No, really? Like the G- cameras weren't rolling? Like, I said sit down! <laughs> and they got in a fist fight afterwards. Doug Houston had to break it up. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Please, boys, don't fight over me. <laughs> um, next I have down simply the line, Wildcat. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Wildcat. It, this, so wow. this, this almost comes to the point where Gene Hackman is... Uh, Proven as a hack man. <laughs> oh, l- l- oh, <laughs> put in Tim Curry and Pennywise laugh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and uh, uh, they're watching Eli Cash do an interview, some public access interview, yeah. and uh, about his new book. Who Marco is it, sleeping it, with, right? Yes, exactly. Or had sleep slept with as a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and <laughs> and he's just high off his mind because at one point he just goes. Wow! Cat. Wow! Wow! Cat. I'm gonna go, and he gets off, takes off his mic, and just exits the room. And Gene Hackman's like, "What the hell's the matter with him?" And then Richie uh, Owen Wilson's character, or no, Luke, Luke Wilson. God damn it! Is, is yeah, just like it's he, okay because like, I'm gonna make that mistake. He's like he's on drugs. Yeah, like 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 he knows this for a while. Like yeah. he knows his best friend has a problem. Yeah, everyone has problems. Everyone has problems, Mark. But uh, but hey. Uh, something something happens here. Yeah. Uh, what happens, Mark? Well, Danny Glover comes into this room. Yeah. Right after this interview with Eli Cash, and he has Pagoda uh, Pagoda with him, realizing that you know Pagoda might be in on this this little scheme of mm, his. You think so? Yeah. Him and what's the other guy's name we didn't mention? Um, Dusty. Oh yeah, Dusty. Yeah. Dusty, uh, underrated character. Dusty, the the bellhop. Yeah, uh, who worked at the hotel that he got kicked out. He's of. He's basically just a hype man for Gene Hackman's character. Yeah, he, he's there. He's loyal. Yeah, you know. he comes in. He's a fake doctor at one point where yeah. like he he needed. I didn't him. even notice that. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. But that's a cool fact. I yeah. wish I would have noticed that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he comes in and he tells him uh, that you don't have stomach cancer, Oof. and he's like, well, yeah. how do you know that? Because my my wife, wife had my stomach, ex-wife yeah who had, died of stomach, had stomach cancer, cancer and, and, Ooh, and you don't eat, and you don't eat three cheeseburgers and smoke cigarettes oh gene hackman knows when he's got he gets up and goes fuck this shit I'm yeah, exactly like he he was so, like as he was explaining he's like all right all right i'm gonna get my stuff i'll go back <laughs> <laughs> like like he he knew that he was caught oh, and yeah he was which is good because out. I hated Gene Hackman's character yeah. until a little bit after this point. Well, and I know we're supposed to hate him until well, this point. It was also the point where like as he was exiting, he told him like where it's like this was the best six days of my life. Yeah. And that's, and when, that's when, when we Al- feel Alec Baldwin was like immediately after making the statement, he knew it was true. Oh, and we can't <laughs> Alec Baldwin can't lie. He can't just like even, George Washington, he cannot lie. Even when telling his daughter he's a pig. <laughs> <laughs> that was the truth, Mark. That's why he said it. Why would great actor Alec Baldwin ever say something that is a falsity in our world um, I have the line you're a bastard yeah. written by Angelica Houston it's powerful yeah, Angel- yeah. Angelica Houston was like uh, as he was exiting she was the last one that speaks to him uh, and she's like why did you do this royal where it's like because I wanted to win you back 
and I wanted to get him out of the uh, Danny Glover out of the He's picture. Such a also, tool. Also, I was broke. Also, I got kicked out of my apartment. What and she's like, a you're tool. A, you're a bastard. Yeah. We all think he's a bastard. I still do. Gene Hackman, mm. he was just playing himself. Yeah. The whole fucking movie. Um, we, our, we got to a discussion during the film. You know, I used to like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And... I used to I like her too. I don't know the point where I started to hate Gwyneth Paltrow. Maybe because you, when you started reading in... About on Goop her, on and her, stuff? On, on her gossip... I think so. I think it was that Glee appearance. She was on like two- I like that Glee appearance. And this is before I even knew I heard the was. girls around town were addicted to love, they say. This is for some you. Glee, Glee fans out there. Yeah, season two before it went downhill. I, think I she stopped was on at season, season one. Two. I, think I stopped like, at season two. I, I was somewhere in between season three and I was like, okay, I'm done. Oh, Glee was such a shit show. It was. And good thing Matt isn't here. Next time Matt is here, we're going to talk about that Heather's rebo- reboot, sweetie. Because that Heather's reboot absolute garbage before you guys even knew about it i i I watched the trailer i was like i'm done i know this is gonna be garbage. i had to watch it i couldn't do my girl one nona like that there's no way this group of girls are 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 even gay friend or (laughs) could be in control of the school like doesn't and it doesn't make sense well we're gonna talk about it more in a later episode but they frame it in such a way that it takes this classic movie and pounds it into the dirt unmercifully mm-hmm. and it's just horrible i hate it we're, we're, we're gonna change the topic gwyneth paltrow <laughs> she named her daughter or son apple i don't care which after steve jobs Ap- no, after the fruit but um i don't remember where i hated gwyneth paltrow from but it sure as hell wasn't this because was i it, like gwyneth paltrow was it iron movie. man oh yeah i have an iron man story for you you want to hear it all right it's actually pretty funny. All right. So ahead. we're watching Iron Man 3 in the cinema. And I haven't seen the other two Iron Mans. And um, we get to the scene where Pepper Potts, played by Gwyneth Paltrow in this film series, takes off her shoes and is walking barefoot around her house. And the old person, probably an old Jewish woman in front of us, <laughs> turns to her husband or significant other and goes, Ugh. She's going to get a cold from walking around without shoes. And I just, I couldn't retain anything else from that movie from now on. It was one of the most hilarious movie moments of my life. I just sat there contemplating. I'm like, yes, Gwyneth Paltrow is going to get a cold for not walking around with shoes. This whole movie on that cold bare floor. So Gwyneth Paltrow, what happened, girl? You were in Emma. You were in Glee. You were good in this movie because you played a soulless cadaver. But what happened? Where'd you go? We miss you. Come back. And don't be someone who guessed on the Barefoot Contessa and is all bougie and shit. Because we know you ain't that girl, Gwyneth. We know. Then we get Mark's favorite scene in the movie where Pagoda stabs. You son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) And we don't know why it happened. We debated back and forth why it happened. Pagoda's uh, very much a member of the family, but he's more loyal to Royal in the sense. But never be Royal. Royals! <laughs> Sorry. But I don't... He stabs him it's so oddly because he brings down his, Royal's luggage and then he just oddly takes out a switchblade. A, a pocket knife. Pocket it's knife. not even a switchblade. Yeah. It's like a, it's like stabs, a one inch knife. And then stabs him and Jean's like, that's the last time you'll stab me, you <laughs> son of a... And, but like, we also find out later that Pakoda was uh, assassin hired to kill Royal at one point when he was in like India. Where's that story? I want to see that. It was so vague and it's like, how did these two become friends? Oh. And they took him to a local hospital. 
But uh, yeah, but oh, like, um, I don't think there's too much to dwell on that. But that's your favorite scene, though. I right? think it's just because it's so random. And, yeah, like, it, it is random. And uh, because maybe it's just because like, oh yeah, you he views him so much as an asshole and yeah. like, or, or just I don't know yeah. because like maybe because Bakoda got kicked out of the house too. Yeah, or he, as he I was saying, there. he he like kind of retained everyone else's anger. That's true. And just you know was like, you've done so much wrong. You screwed this up for us. Fuck you and stabs him. <laughs> I get that. Um, so we get to the tail end of this movie, kind of like you know the falling action. Owen Wilson and GP Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. they break up. Margot and Eli. Yeah, and that kind of sends everyone into a tailspin. Do you think that they were together for fame or money? Do you think that they saw attraction there? I, I know that Eli like wanted to be a member of the Tenenbaums. I don't think but... he saw so much of his attraction where it's like he was almost using her in the same sense that he might have been using him. Where like he wanted to use her because he wanted to be close closer with the family, maybe mm. you know, uh, and she, or like oh he even mentions where it's like, oh you didn't see me because uh, as close because I started getting good reviews and she's like you didn't really get good reviews Oof. or it's like well I made a good good amount of money yeah. you know because my last name is Cash yeah. maybe Cash <laughs> a funny name for a play Cash yeah but, that's uh, a producer's quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah and then but then we find out a little bit more about Margot and what she might have been mm. doing within some of the be- between years and we didn't even mention uh Murray Bill Murray Bill Murray that's right Raleigh <laughs> Ra- Margot's married and, and to Raleigh and his uh and his uh little little friend uh Dudley yeah uh, Dudley's coming up I have Dudley at like the tail <laughs> I have Dudley like the next to last note just for like I, comedy I love Dudley we all love Dudley Dudley and Buckley <laughs> yeah, Dudley the, the, the unsung heroes yeah, of this movie the MVPs of this movie they're there in my notes don't worry I got them yeah so uh, uh, Bill Murray, who uh, suspects that uh, or she's married, and what to is he Margo. trying to do? He's just doing a weird study with Buckley, essentially, because yeah. he's a psychologist. We never, really, we never really know. He's got some books. He's, yeah. he, he's, uh, he's got he some shows acclaim. Buckley off to his uh, no, Dudley. Dudley. <laughs> Dudley off to his. How peers. drunk are you? <laughs> I'm not drunk. They're similar names, Dudley and Buckley. They both end in Lee. Yeah, just like <laughs> Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. Oh, come on, that's. That's a really hard choice to make between the two. They're very similar. <laughs> but yeah, like like uh, Dud- Dudley uh, is dyslexic. He's colorblind, but Everything. he has great sense of hearing. That car has a dent in it. That, that cat <laughs> that- has a dent in it over here and over there. Do you want to play word games with me or experiments or something? Please. No. Aww. And then so as soon as like uh, Luke Wilson and Bill Murray find out what's been going on yeah, in uh, Margot's life all these men and women that she's been sleeping around she's got with. around man yeah. where was that movie I would have liked to see that movie I, that might, might have been a nice French movie if, yeah. you, if you think about that I mean yeah, she's, she's spent some having, time in France yeah, she's having some passionate love affairs all around the city in France but uh but the one thing they take away from it is just like she smokes <laughs> What a what a um, habit for her to have. I know. Not all the well, sex. Like I said, cheating. I think it was more of a lines that everyone knew that she was sleeping around. It was just like smokes was like the, the funny point of that. The the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And then the movie gets really real. Yeah. And Richie attempts suicide. Su- just don't do it. Just don't do it. Uh, see, you know Mark watches those episodes. He done <laughs> made a Heather's reference. Number one fan. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he uh, he uh, goes down the stream, yeah. not across, across the, the river, river, which you know is serious. As I mentioned to you, I went, did he go down the stream or across the river? And Marks <laughs> went down the stream. I went, oh, 
And it's real. He cuts his hair, cuts his beard, you know. And, and I that, feel for him. For the first time in this movie, I feel for someone. Except for maybe Angelica Houston and uh, Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know. Do you think he really just does it for Margot, though? No. Not, not just no, Royal? Definitely not. I feel like he does it for everything in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a very sad... And it's real. He's a very sad person. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, not, they tell him at the beginning of the movie that he spent a year on that ship before he came back and found out that Royal yeah. uh, had so what stomach was, cancer. He was trying to run from it. He couldn't run from it even. Mm-hmm. Even on that exotic cruise ship. The Royal uh, Arctic line. <laughs> with, with all it. those old fogies on it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel for him. And that's the first time I really, you know feel for someone mm-hmm. other than angelica houston and uh glover in this movie yeah okay. and then, you know and then we uh what what what, what happens next uh, we get the famous line dudley where is he what <laughs> who <laughs> who, <laughs> who? <laughs> dudley uh, you dumbass <laughs> it, it, it proceeds right right from this like very serious moment right back to hysteria and dry humor oh because dudley is the first person that sees um, margo and margo Google. comes in where is he and who? dudley's covered in blood <laughs> and hair <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like and then it's like okay uh, Luke Wilson's fine he survived he got a blood transfusion they're like did you write a suicide note like yeah can we see it no, no. <laughs> it's like was it dark of course it's dark it's a yeah. suicide note yeah uh, and then you know after that he kind of escapes like the uh, the hospital as Royal tries to come in and mm-hmm. see him And but the important thing is that Danny Glover comes to see him first and it establishes the yeah. relationship between him and Angelica Houston's character which you know and these like, are the people we're rooting for I mean, the only like, two in this whole like, world his first line when he comes in he's like how can I help? Yeah. You know? What a perfect he, man. He holds no grudges. No. He's perfect, Angelica. Take him now. He's got a nice little little suit with a bow tie and everything. Oh, he's so perfect. But we get Royal. He does try to show up, but he bamboozles and, and, and he, that. And he's got a new job at the hotel the that he was cop- yeah. uh, uh, kicked out of. Wes Anderson was taking notes for Grand Budapest. He was like, Bellhops, I really have a thing for them. I can do that later on in the film. And then you find out uh, later on, like as Richie goes back uh, to the Tenenbaum house that Margo's in his, his little tent listening to records in, yeah. his, in his room and they have a little little makeout sesh Ooh, and a they, little and, spicy but, uh, twin sesh maybe makeout sesh yeah and they just kind of like ex, uh, you know, express their love for each other mm. yeah you know. it's sweet though mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Royal uh, uh, meets up with uh, with Richie and then kind of explains everything where it's like hey I'm in love with Margo uh, what should I do it's like well she's your sister but she's not uh, she's adopted don't listen to me. Do whatever you want. I'm not a really good father. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love you. I love you all. And then Mordecai comes back and we see the different Mordecai. Oh. Not not real Mordecai. Man, that, that really cut deep that you told me that fact now. I should have like, said that. Is he still for, alive? For How long do Falcons live? Who knows? Maybe I don't think it's, I don't think it's that long. A platter. I don't think it's that long. <laughs> and uh, then he try, uh, Richie tries to... Um, Try, uh, oh yeah, he goes to Eli's place yeah. and and he tries to say, "Hey, listen, you have a drug problem. Oh yeah, we're gonna get you help." He's like, "I know, I know, I have <laughs> I'm a drug problem." I'm all in the ocean. I got a drug problem. And then Pagoda's like, "There he goes," and then he runs away after this is like the somber moment. There's like music playing, yeah. and it's like he just catches a cab and leaves. Yeah. And uh, and then from this point on, Royal's just trying to make amends with everybody. And he does a good job at it. He if does. only he would have been like this throughout the whole movie he, instead you know, of the last ha- like quarter eighth 
16th of his life. He tries to uh, rec- uh, do it with uh, with Margo at this ice cream parlor <laughs> where uh, uh, Christmas Time is playing. Christmas Time. Arrested Development callback. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like even before that, when she was first leaving Raleigh to go live yeah. back home, like, you hear time. the Peanuts theme. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. And, uh, and, and he's like, she's like, you probably don't even know my middle name. Where he's like, oh, like, like that's a trick question. You don't have one. And she ends up saying like, oh, it's actually uh, his uh, his mother's name. Mm. Uh, and he's like, and she's like, I know. So it's because originally he never took her to see his dead mother, Royal, yeah. because she was adopted. And mm. she never thought that, hey, you're adopted. It's not your real grandmother. So I didn't think you were going to feel anything. But she still has her middle name. Yeah. She takes her uh, name. So I thought that was very sweet. It's sweet, yeah. And uh, you know, and then she and uh, Roy ends up seeing his uh, his uh, his his uh, now separated wife, mm-hmm. Angelica Houston, and it's like, oh, I got something for you. And it's like, oh, what is this? It's a divorce. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's just like, you know, like yeah, which is the greatest this is show of sympathy he's shown. This is something yeah. you always wanted. I did. I never really agreed on it, but here you go. And you're gonna marry this man. And, and he's like. You know what? I never thought of him uh, of of Henry that much, but you know what? I get it. He's everything that I'm not. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's wonderful, and he reconnects with his grandchildren slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, the 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 wedding happens, mm. and what happens Shit at this wedding? Down. What doesn't happen on this wedding? There's a priest that falls down the stairs and breaks his ankle, and probably the funniest shot in the movie. I mean, I love, it, that's my favorite shot. I mean, it's essentially a death at a funeral. Too. Yeah. Nice movie reference. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what happens here is that you know everything's kind of going smoothly. You know everyone's uh, doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and then all the out of, out of the blue, a car is just rolling by <laughs> and hits none other than Buckley. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, and oh, almost the children of uh, of Chaz's. I don't care about the kids. Oh, Why Buckley? Buckley did nothing to harm anyone in this movie. <laughs> Buckley was like getting over his own problems. Chaz goes crazy, and we find out that uh, Eli is just high off his mind. He's wearing like Native American face. And paint. he drives a car into the side of their building. And Why are they getting married at home in the first place? Eh, maybe it's sweet. It's it's you know it's, it's sweet. It's Wes Anderson. Yeah. What do you what do you want? No, from I that? I get that. I get that. It's probably sweet. It's cheaper. You mm-hmm. know. It's I yeah. All right. Never mind. Forget I asked that question. Yeah. 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 And uh, Chas freaks out. Or it's like you almost killed my kids. You killed my dog. <sighs> And then he ends up like hitting his brother in the face by accident. We we try and tell him calm down, Chaz. And and Richie's like you know like holding his eye. Everyone's looking at him with like mm-hmm. like like scared. And Chaz is just like he hops over the fence, sits next to uh, to uh, Eli, and just like I need help. Yeah. And Eli's like I do too. We all need help. Yeah, I, I think that's what we can take away from this. That's film. that. That's one of the big messages from this yeah. movie. It's just like we're no all. No matter how much money you got or what's going on in your life, we all need a little bit of help in our life. And uh, yeah, it just precedes from there. It has this like nice kind of pan over everybody mm-hmm. from the aftermath. You see the priest who has a broken leg. Yeah. Uh, you see like uh, Richie who has now have like minor cardiac damage. Yeah. The dog is dead, but then Royal ba- buys the new Dalmatian from from the firefighters <laughs> and gives it to Chaz. Chaz is just like, oh, which is nice because the dog is also a Dalmatian, which also Chaz <laughs> bred nice. Dalmatian mice. Yeah, because this movie couldn't get any quirkier, up. ladies and gentlemen. So it's a nice touch right there. Mm. And from that point, you know, we just we reached a climax, you know, mm-hmm. like we see like the, the little like good trials and tribulations kind of like just kind of muster over. We see everyone just kind of being happy. We see 
uh margot writes a new play after seven years yeah. of like not writing and yeah. like now being comfortable she's supposedly now with richie maybe uh chaz is now kind of reconnected with royal Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, Royal suffers he a, heart, a heart, attack, heart attack. But Ch- Chaz is the only person that witnesses that. And he's only, what, like 50-something years old? He's, he's somewhere in the 60s, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of young. Mm-hmm. That's and, sad. And everyone who's of, of importance uh, shows to, up to at the, the family. Yeah. Every major character. Raleigh's there. No, Bill yeah. Murray's character. Yeah. Um, Pagoda. Pagoda, yeah. Dusty, all of them. And uh, and uh, what, what, there was, what, what was the, pl- <laughs> what did the plaque say? Oh, for Royal. Uh, defended like, and died defending his uh, family. family on a battleship or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Which is something that he saw at a previous grave when they were first viewing, uh, seeing uh, his uh, his his um, uh, his dead mother mm. and saying like, oh, I, I would love a grave like something like that. And then he, uh, evidently he just, he makes something just like that. So he was sweet in the end, even though he's played by Gene Hackman. Who would have known? And you know, Gene Hackman has said that where it's like he was hesitant to take this role because his life does mirror uh, <laughs> that of Royals. Bullshit. I don't know. I mean, Bullshit. You know, I, I mean, hey, you never know. Actors are pretty true to their word, aren't they? No. <laughs> but I did like Royal a lot more in the end than the beginning. Totally. I mean, I he is that. he is a redeemable And that's why it's called the Royal Tannenbaums, isn't it? Boom. Yeah. Makes sense now. Mm. Mm. So, Mark, what's this movie mean to you? Uh, in Last Call. Sorry, I have to mention the segment because oh. I forgot it last time. Welcome to Last Call at Nightcaps at the Theater. <laughs> what did this movie mean to you, Mark? I mean, it means to me a lot about just uh, family, essentially, you know. Uh, Ohana means family, and family means no one gets left behind. Lilo and Stitch. I was going to say Carrie Fisher for The Last Jedi. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) But uh, no, uh, I think it just shows you just how dysfunctional families can be and just how weirdly situations like this maybe can be in terms of like siblings can be disconnected from one another and and, uh, different family members. And... You know, as life goes on, you sort of just learn from it and then see what you can thrive and mm. how you can be disconnected, maybe rekindle those relationships, relationships. That, you, that, you, that you have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I guess for me, this film, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson film. And I think it's because I'm an only child. I don't get those sibling relationships as much as literally everyone in my else everyone else in my life has siblings brothers sisters or whatever i'm more of a loner but i get it i get that family connection even though i have a very small family as opposed to other people it stuck with me a little bit more on the third viewing especially with you with all your pop culture trivia and whatnot Mm -hmm. um i liked it i recommend it i recommend any wes anderson movie and i think just don't end up like royal when you're older you know, treasure the moment, treat your kids and siblings and friends with respect, and don't take them for granted. I mean, you know, like, uh, I, will, I will end on this one, too. Just uh, as, as Royal does exit the house uh, in the movie where he's first kicked out after he's discovered. Uh, you know, like, uh, Ben Stiller's character, Chaz, very abundant about safety uh, for him and his kids being. And then as, you know, like, this, obviously his kids know how... Uh, how overabundant they, uh, he is on them, and uh, Gene Hackman just goes, "Hey, be take it easy on those kids. Don't be like me. Uh, like because 
what's happening to me might happen to you later I don't, on. I don't think so, though. Like, No? I don't feel that way. I think that he's protective of his children and Royal was not. I don't know. I mean... I think that Chaz cares. I'm, I'm sure he cares, but, you know, like... Maybe Royal, there's a wrong I way. think also Royal cares in his own way, too. Yeah. In the same way he did growing up and where they are now. Yeah. That's the Royal Tannenbaums, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Mark enjoyed it, obviously. This will not be our last Wes Anderson movie, and this will certainly not be the last time that Mark Zebro Jr. is on the podcast, Nightcaps at the, uh, the Theater. What was that? Nightcaps <laughs> at the Theater. <laughs> I might be slurring my words a bit, but no, as a sober me. It's not that late. It's not that late. No, we're actually getting done on 10.30. That's it. I can go out dancing after this. So hopefully we'll be seeing you again, Mark. Uh, Thank you for showing up to this crazy little game we call Nightcaps at the Theater. Hopefully Matt will be back next time, but we do not hold that against him. Matt is like lightning on a bottle. You cannot contain the fierceness that is Matthew Cabrera. (laughs) But I know that Mark and him will get along if they're on future episodes. And I have no hints to offer you because Matt's hint is next. So good night and thank you. But before we go... Um, Mark, is there anywhere that our followers can follow you? Oh God, I hate social media. <laughs> but yeah, <you know, laughs> which is a legitimate. But excuse. if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram at mzbrojr. That's uh, m z e b r o j r on Instagram. Please do. Or uh, uh, yeah, that's you don't it. have a Twitter? I do have a Twitter. Uh, well, you, can, you should follow me on Twitter first off, baby. You can follow me at man who man who wears hats.com oh, yeah. that, that that that's all you know as it sounds so mm. yeah all do right. what you do what you will all right well that's all you enjoy the show? I'd offer my own commentary, but I've still got popcorn kernels in my teeth and a slight aftertaste of gin I just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe I shouldn't use it as mouthwash anymore. If you would like to offer your own two cents on the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and dare I say, even subscribe. Don't forget to find us on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Nightcap Cinema. Don't be afraid to join the conversation, offer your own take on the films we watch, or even suggest something that we should see. We are always welcome and open to all feedback. After all, everyone's a critic. Can I be real for a second? As an avid podcast listener and newbie podcast creator, I better understand now more than ever just how much work and dedication it takes to create and share things through this medium. By taking just a few seconds out of your extremely busy days, you can honestly make a world of difference even for us. Just a couple of the millions who talk about movies for shigs on the internet. Matt and I would like to personally thank anyone who contributes in any way. Remember, it's all possible thanks to listeners like you. Thank you. Huh? What do you mean that's not gonna fly with PBS, Matt? You think those antique road-showing geriatrics are gonna listen? You have got to be kidding me! Ugh, we'll just cut it in post.